Welcome back to the Hemingway List podcast for Budden Books, Chapter 3, uh, sorry, Book 3, Chapter 11. Grunlich just needs to butt out. I can't believe he's still trying so desperately. <clears throat> so desperately as to turn up to the, the place where she has gone specifically to get away from him, to get space, to think. And he turns up and starts contaminating that space unbelievable just un uncool unethical why was papa schwarzkopf so angry at morton and what was mama schwarzkopf feeling in that moment i feel like she might have been a little bit more sympathetic towards her son Tekrific says the appearance of grunlich at the schwarzkopf house is marked by heavy foreboding rain and the once happy household instantly transformed into a shattered divided place. Dreams are shattered in an instant as Frau Schwarzkopf learns of the young lovers A being a thing and B what such a liaison would mean to her family's status and situation rising up the hierarchy and C that such a thing could never be. It all happens in an instant and Frau Schwarzkopf is left suspended in what could have been kind of mood. It's a brilliant piece of writing in one sentence. Vocabulary words, Ulster is a Victorian working daytime overcoat with a cape and sleeves. The Latin studiosus medicine means, I'm guessing, studying medicine. Medical student is used by Grunlich in his usual pompous manner. Innuendes, the honest and frank harbour piles attempt at remembering the word innuendos. The pompous tone of Grunlich and the information he has conveyed, have settled, unsettled, sorry, the poor harbour pilot, to such a degree he attempts using big words. Impenitent means not feeling shame or regret about one's actions or attitudes. Thank you, Tekrific, for that. Hagia Moron says, Grunlich becomes more and more villainous each chapter. His disregard for the Schwarzkopf's due to their lower station is palpable, he just comes unannounced, doesn't even attempt any pleasantries, doesn't take off his ulster, directly levels an ac- accusation, doesn't shake her Schwarzkopf's hand, and finally just belligerently but petulantly rushes out between mate and Morton. Good on Frau Schwarzkopf for standing up to him, even if it was partly fueled by class aspirations. Swim, said the mama fish, he says, it's telling that Grunlich was relieved that Tony was napping since she would have blasted holes in all the lies. He was telling about their betrothal. Grunlich is an absolute skeeve in every way. Yeah, I really didn't like the way that he was... He didn't want to see her. And he got out of there as quick as possible. He's come there to talk about her. But, you know, oh no, I wouldn't want to bother her. And nicks off. He just wants to come in, stir shit up, and get out before he can, you know, yeah, like as you say, have holes poked in his lies. Starfall 15 says, I like how man introduced Grunlich already there standing in the rain like a stalker. He could have had set the scene. Traditionally, with him ringing the door and showed in to the drawing room, his introduction is jolting and successful at disturbing the reader and the household. Yeah, definitely disturbing. He's a well-written villain, i got to say. I very much dislike him. So we're up to chapter 12, are we? Okay, let me just flick through to that. One moment, please. Okay, here we are. Before I read it, 
um, tomorrow morning I'm going to a place called Funfields. Well, tomorrow I'm going there. Funfields. It's in um, Whittlesea. And it's a theme park. It's not far from my house. It's only about 10 minutes from my house. Weirdly, it's in a very strange spot. It's just in like the... You know, in the countryside. There's just a theme park sitting there. Um, but yeah, go to Funfields. It's mostly water slides. Big water slides and stuff like that. So, uh, I'm thrilled. I went on a water slide recently at, um, the local, one of the local swimming pools happens to have a water slide as well. A pretty big one. Like, you have to go up these, like, kind of multiple staircases and then you go on a big tube and, you know, you ride the water slide down through all these big tunnels and then it goes for a good, I'm going to say, I don't know, maybe 20 or 30 seconds worth of water slide. Like, it feels like a long time. Anyway. My point is, I went on it a couple of weeks ago, and it was the first time I've been on a water slide since, I reckon, probably like 11 years old. Like, it's been more than 20 years since I'd been down a water slide, and I just had a dumb, goofy, dopey grin on my face the whole way down. I felt like a kid again, and uh, it was great. I jumped straight back in the line and went up and went back down five or six times. It was brilliant. Anyway, tomorrow I'm going to an even bigger water park, theme park, and uh, you're just going to feel like a kid again. It's going to be great. Uh, so that should lighten your mood a bit. I've also just had a great night of watching the tennis. Australian Open is wrapping up. The women's final was won uh, by Ash Barty, who is my favourite women's tennis player to watch at the moment. She's just awesome to watch. And then uh, the men's doubles was won by a couple of Aussie lads, um, Kyrgios and Kokonakis, and uh, they're very entertaining to watch. They're a couple of larrikins, and I wanted them to win as well. So I watched two games, two finals games, and the championships in both of those men's doubles and women's singles were taken by the people I was going for. So that's always fun. Anyway, you're probably very bored listening to me talk about tennis and water slides. So let's read chapter 12. Thomas appeared with the Kroger Kalish. The day was at hand. The young man arrived at 10 o'clock in the forenoon and took a bite with the family in the living room. They sat together as on the first day, except that now summer was over. It was too cold and windy to sit in the veranda, and Morton was not there. He was in Gottingen. Tony and he had not even been able to say goodbye. The captain had stood there and said, Well, so that's the end of that, eh? At eleven, the brother and sister mounted into the wagon, where Tony's trunk was already fastened at the back. She was pale and shivered in her soft autumn coat from cold, weariness, excitement, and a grief that now and then rose up suddenly and filled her breast with a painful oppression. She kissed little Meta, pressed the housewife's hand, and nodded to her Schwarzkopf when he said, "'Well, you won't forget us, little miss, will you? And no bad feeling, eh?' and a safe journey and best greetings to your honoured father and Frau Consul. Then the coach door slammed, the fat brown horses pulled at their traces, 
and the three Schwarzkopfs waved their handkerchiefs. Tony crooked her neck in the corner of the coach in order to peer out of the window. The sky was covered with white cloud flakes. The trave broke into little waves that hurried behind the wind. Now and then, drops of rain pattered against the glass. At the end of the front, people sat in the doors of their cottages and mended nets. Barefoot children came running to look curiously at the carriage they did not have to go away. As they left the last houses behind, Tony bent forward to look at the lighthouse. Then she leaned back and closed her tired and burning eyes. She had hardly slept for excitement. She had risen early to finish her packing and discovered no desire for breakfast. There was a dull taste in her mouth and she felt so weak that she made no effort to dry the slow hot tears that kept rising every minute. But directly her eyes were shut, she found herself again in Travmundi, on the veranda. She saw Morton in the flesh. Before her he seemed to speak, and to lean toward her, as he always did, and then look good-naturedly and searchingly at the next person, unconsciously showing his beautiful teeth as he smiled. Slowly her mind grew calm and peaceful again. She recalled everything that she had heard and learned from him in many a talk, and it solaced her to promise herself that she would persevere uh, all this as a secret, holy and inviolate, and cherish it in her heart. That the king of Prussia had committed a great wrong against his people, that the local newspaper was a lamentable sheet, yes, that the laws of the League concerning universities had been renewed four years ago, all these were, from now on, consoling and edifying truths a hidden treasure which she might store up within herself and contemplate whenever she chose. On the street, in the family circle, at the table she would think of them. Who knew? Perhaps she might even go on in the path prescribed for her and marry her Grundlich. That was a detail, after all, but when he spoke to her she could always say to herself, I know something you don't. The nobility is in principle despicable. She smiled to herself and was assured, but suddenly, in the noise of the wheels, she heard Morton's voice with miraculous clearness. She distinguished every nuance of his kindly, dragging speech as he said, Today we must both sit on the rocks, Frauli and Tony, and his little memory overpowered her. Her breast contracted with her grief, and she let the tears flow down unopposed. Bowed in her corner, she held her handkerchief before her face and wept bitterly. Thomas his cigarette in his mouth, looked somewhat blankly at the high road. Poor Tony, he said at last, stroking her jacket. I feel so sorry. I understand so well, you know, but what can you do? One has to bear these things. Believe me, I do understand what you feel. Oh, you don't understand at all, Tom, sobbed Tony. Don't say that. Did you know it is decided that I am to go to Amsterdam at the beginning of next year? Papa has obtained a place for me with Van der Callen and Company. That means I must say goodbye for a long, long time. Oh, Tom, saying goodbye to your father and mother and sisters and brothers, that isn't anything. Uh, yes, he said slowly, and he sighed as if he did not wish to say more and was silent. He let the cigarette rove from one corner of his mouth to the other, lifted one eyebrow, and turned his head away. Well, it doesn't last forever, he began again after a while. Naturally, one forgets. But I don't want to forget. Tony cried out in desperation, forgetting 
is that any consolation? And there's that chapter for you. Alrighty, thank you very much for listening. See you tomorrow.